You know, Easter Sunday is just around the corner. But we can't fast forward through Friday and Saturday. You can't get to the resurrection miracle without going through the pain and the agony of the events of Friday and the crucifixion. And so it's good, I think, that every year this tradition is here for us at Westridge, that we come together as a family on Good Friday. Now I'm going to ask that whatever your day was like, whatever your week was like, that to the best of your ability, you just set that aside for the next hour. And that with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all that's within you, you fully engage in the simple reading of Scripture that tell the story with the music that can just capture our soul, with the sacrament of communion. Engage in all of that in a way that you may never have before and be swept away by the details, the story, that make this all about what we've come to call Good Friday what extends to us what we know as amazing grace. For God so loved the world that he did the unthinkable. There was a night 2,000 years ago that God decided to let go of what he loved the most so that we could be accepted by him. For God so loved the world that he didn't step in. No last-minute miracle, no hero swooping in to save the day. No supernatural rescue attempts from above. As Jesus slowly endured the most painful death you could ever imagine. The amazing thing is, he did it for one simple reason. For God so loved you. This is the gospel story. Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you're willing, make it so that I don't have to go through with this. Yet, Not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer, he went back to the disciples and he found them asleep. They were exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. And while he was still speaking, a crowd came up 
And the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying me with a kiss? So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You said so, Jesus replied. And then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Now, it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who's called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I've suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you, asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. Well, what shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ, Pilate answered. And they all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. They shouted all the louder. Crucify him! When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It's your responsibility. And all the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a purple robe on him. And then twisted together a crown of thorns and sat it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. And they spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him.
Good Friday reminds us the full blessings of the kingdom will be enjoyed soon. But before we receive all the promises, there will be weeks of passion. And at times, they will involve anger and entrapment and betrayal and agony and humiliation and deprivation. The question is not whether we'll encounter those things. The question is whether we'll respond like Jesus. Jesus knew what was coming for him. He knew that the fair day on Palm Sunday would give way to the stormy night before the cross. He knew his friends would desert him. He knew he would be hung out like the pelt of an animal, exposed to the entire world and alone in his pain. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ of God, the chosen one. And the soldiers also, they came up and they mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you're under the same sentence, we're punished justly for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you'll be with me in paradise. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine, vinegar, and put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again with a loud voice, It is finished. And with that, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. And when the centurion and those with him, with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely He was the Son of God. Creation convulsed at the death of Jesus. Good Friday reminds us how fickle our hearts can be, how fast we can change from crown Him to crucify Him. Just moments from death, Jesus uses His last breath to deliver this important message. It is finished. In just three words, Jesus declared His mission on earth it was accomplished. We're going to celebrate mission accomplished right now by observing communion. There are two stations down front on this level and two in the back and there's one in the mezzanine. After I pray and when you're ready, you get up and observe communion. The phrase, it is finished, means the debt has been paid. Now, if you're not comfortable tonight getting up and taking communion, that's just fine. You just stay where you are and reflect a bit. When everyone has had the opportunity to participate, we'll be taking up an offering. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, creation itself couldn't stand still at the death of Christ. It rocked the world then and it rocks the world now. But we know this isn't the end of the story. And so we remember in this act of communion his broken body and his spilled blood. And we are thankful. And we offer up our lives to you as living sacrifices. We're also grateful for those gifts that you have given to us and we freely offer them back to you in offerings. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, 
into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Sing along with us. Just as I am broken down, just as I have been tossed around, your name alone, strength. gives me the faith and the courage to know I am loved now just as I
As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given him. Joseph took the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and he placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. The next day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, the deceiver said, after three days I'll rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. And so they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. You calm the stones Can I stand here with you But not be moved by you You see, once anyone met Jesus Apathy and indifference were no longer options Just look at the people in our story Judas He couldn't live with the fact that he betrayed Jesus. And then there's Pilate's wife. Too many troubling dreams. And there's the thief on the cross. He wanted to be remembered. And the Roman soldiers. Surely, this must be the Son of God. Can you stand here with Jesus and not be moved by Him? As important as the words, it is finished, are those three little words, it's incomplete without three more little words. He is risen.